Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday, we begin in Alabama and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. And we're back in Little Rock, Arkansas, and our guest today is Billy Jeter. We'll talk with Billy and about his music and his history and maybe a little bit about bird watching. But right now, I want to talk about octave mandolins. Joe Mendel's signature piece of art gives you that sweet tone somewhere between the mandolin and the guitar. It has that mandolin punch while also delivering a sustain and range of a guitar. He builds them to your specs. You may prefer the Adirondack top or to maybe the, the Sitka. Maybe you like the black walnut, mahogany, rosewood, or the maple. You select the wood, you select the style, Joe will make it for you. Your own octave mandolin. All impart flavor of their own special tone. I call him Mendel's Mandos. He calls them the octave mandolin. Available at joemendelsfrets.com. A friend and a sponsor of the show. Octave Mandolins, joemendelfrets.com. Billy Jeter. And a friend, I got to just give a plug because something that happened here, a friend of the Swamp Donkey. Yeah. It was just on yesterday. Yes. (laughs) We got in a situation. I have five guests a week from a state. And then next week we go to another state. Next week, another state. Like, this is the last show for Arkansas. Next week we go to California. Okay. I had one lady that lost her band. I had another lady that doesn't have time to put things together because she's overbooked. And I had somebody else who's uh, one of the bandmates had a stroke. But I, I, I reached out to Donkey and he said, I, I got a guy, Billy Jeter. He's a friend and he's a talented musician. And on the fly, we put this thing together today. So, Billy, first of all, thank you for that. But more so, thank you for this music. It was so cool. Thank Just you to much. sit back and listen to something refreshing like what you're doing. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you very much. I kind of feel like the encore then of Arkansas. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to tell Donkey that, that you are the Arkansas encore. Wonderful. There we go. So tell me about, uh, Bill, you're about my age. You look like you look like you're in your 60s, late 50s. Uh, thanks for the compliment. Yeah, I'm uh, mid-60s. Okay. Yeah, I've been playing. I uh, started writing songs late in life, seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Maybe eight years ago, um, been I, I. It's kind of a it's kind of an interesting story. I remember I was kind of in a jug band on a in a Arkansas River area jug band called All Night Boys in nineteen seventy one, seventy two, seventy three. I was in high school, and when we were driving, I was driving to a some place to play on the Ar- I'm from the Arkansas Delta, and I was playing going to play at some guy's house on the Arkansas river. And I remember a song by free all right. Now you remember that song and it yep. seemed, you know, it seemed, it, it really seemed like it was just simple. The song was simple. Uh-huh. Of course it wasn't, but it seemed like it was simple. And I thought, hell I can write this. I know I can write a song like this. And I have thought that forever. And then I finally got through with um, little league. I finally got through with, Raising children's, my business is kind of can run where it doesn't need me a hundred percent of the time, and I started writing again, and it's oh, cool. been it's been really really enjoyable doing that. 
So you're more, would you put yourself in more of the writing category or performer category? No, I'm absolutely a songwriter first. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I play a guitar and, you know, a mountain dulcimer on occasion. So oh. that's really getting weird. But um, they are just kind of blunt instruments for me. They, I, I, I have, um, I really do my best with those guys just trying to get the melody with them. Uh-huh. And I've, um, been you know in, in all my life whether it was whatever it was in i've always known you surround yourself with people that are better than you at different things so i have good, i have really good musicians around me that help me and cover up my mistakes while i'm <laughs> you sound so I, much I better like, yeah but i do like songwriting i love doing it but i also like to hear the songs once they are written, I like to see and watch them grow as you go through the studio, and then you go and play them live. I enjoy doing that, and and you know I've got a performer, I've got a little performance, or a performer in me that likes to get on the stage and have people listen to my songs also. So a little here, a little there on it. So you can tell by your accent that you're Mississippi Delta. Yeah, I am, and you know I come from. This is kind of interesting, and, and on, on this album, it's, it's reflective of that. I come from an area it's called North Jefferson County in Arkansas, and that's a that's north of the Arkansas River, mm-hmm. up from Pine Bluff, Arkansas. And, it, and you know, that's it, it's it's a nondescript delta area, but what it does have is you start with this core area of ten miles from where I'm from, ten or twelve miles from where I'm from. It started with Bill, Big Bill Bronzy. The next yeah. guy, wow. yeah, the next guy's Bobby Rush, and Bobby's on my Bobby new Rush. album on two songs. Bobby's a good buddy of mine. No kidding, how two fun. Songs. Then there is Tail Dragger Jones from Alzheimer, Arkansas, who is famous for a lot of things, but mainly for I think killing another blues artist in Chicago, maybe even on stage. Um, a lady called Queen Sylvia Embry from the little small town I'm from who is a Chicago blues artist. And finally, Larry Hotsey Davis from Sherrill, Arkansas, who wrote Texas flood that Stevie Ray Vaughan made famous. So in that little small area there, you know, Arkansas has a music central, two center music centers. I think I've always said one is Helena, Arkansas, which because Helena, just the the Mississippi proximity, Helena has been all the stops between Mississippi and Clarksdale. And the other is mountain home, where the where you had the Ozark folk music, right. but, but if you dig that deep in the really compressed area in North Jefferson County, for some reason has a really wealth of musicians that have come from there. And that's I, amazing. I'm, I'm proud of that, and I, I'm glad to be the guy carrying it on right now. I wish I had known that in the '70s. I was I grew up in St. Louis. Uh-huh. But my first radio gig was in Joplin, Missouri. We had listeners in Pine Bluff. We used to. Oh yeah. Our signal from Joplin was a hundred thousand watt radio station. So we hit Kansas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Missouri. We were right sure. there in the corner, and we yeah. had listeners from Pine Bluff. I had a talk show called Sandman Forum, and really? uh, people. I ran into a guy actually in Joplin just a few years ago who remembered me as the Sandman. No kidding. That's he, fantastic. He was. He was a kid. And now he's, really? he's an adult man with, you know, yeah. children and grandchildren. And it's just too funny. 
Yeah, that is. It's really it's great. I think though, it's wonderful how that how radio. But but music transcends everything, and it, but you can really dig down and find the areas where the culture really seems to where it takes hold, and that's where I'm from. Right, and I'm really pleased about that. There's others, even you know, not far from there, uh, but but we're really pretty compact in that area. Were you raised in a music family, or did you just kind of get drawn to it on your own? It's pretty interesting. My uh, my mother's family is from the Ozarks, and they were a music family. They also are a pretty famous art, paint, visual artist. Hmm. My father's family are a part of the cotton world of farmers and cotton planters up and down, and that part of the family were storytellers and pretty pretty damn good storytellers. So I got a little bit of kind of like mixing, you know, a, a little little uh, bit of gumbo together. I got a little bit of both. I got the music and the storyteller and both in there and <laughs> and probably some of the BS in between. Absolutely, uh, man. That's the that, flavor. That, that's there. Uh, that's and that's the rue. <laughs> that, that is. My new album, this is pretty interesting. The new album, it's got, I think, just the most unbelievable cover on it. The hysteria is the name of the album, but it's got a painting from my uncle from my mother's side. And he was, he was an artist from uh, Philadelphia, from Pennsylvania area era. But the painting on that is where I got the original. We'll get to it in a minute, but where I wrote the original song queen hysteria is from that painting, which was done in 67, I think in Lafayette square in DC during the riots. Oh, no kidding. In yeah, uh, Lafayette Square, D.C. Yeah, I, I, I think that's where it was. One La of the squares around the Capitol. Okay. So, so there's a story about Lafayette Square done in, in New Orleans. I don't know if you ever heard that one. No, I haven't, but I know about, the square. About the statue of Jackson, Andrew Jackson. Uh -uh. They wanted to erect a statue to commemorate him saving the city, basically. Sure. And nobody had the money to commission the statue. So a madam... <laughs> said that she would pay for it under two conditions. One of the horse with his front hooves in the raised position, because that meant victory. Yeah. And the statue had to be facing her house. No repute. So <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, it's a pretty neat story. Yeah, it is. New Orleans has great stories like that. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, sometimes the whole Delta, man, the Delta yeah. just <laughs> is loaded with so many wonderful stories from yeah. pre-plantation to even today. You know, yes. this is a just so much history of that part of the country. Yes. Some of the songs write themselves, but the queen of hysteria did not. No, it didn't. Uh, that, that song and that song doesn't it's, it's on this album. There's two songs that really don't have much to do with the Delta, but in reality, that's if you at first look, but in reality, if you look at it, it does. That song was written. I sat down in front of this painting of my uncle's mm -hmm. and Three days, I started at the top left of it, which this became the album cover, uh, and and wrote that song from that painting because that painting had so much visual stories in it. It had so many visual stories uh -huh. in it, and it just I just I, I knew it was during a really um, turbulent time in America where we had race riots and we had Vietnam riots. So I wanted the song to have a you know a birds. Um, Crosby, Stills, and Nash Young sound, yeah. that 60 turbulent sound, but I also wanted it to tell the story, being generic, whether you're talking about 
some, uh, whether you're talking about a black guy having trouble or a guy worried he's going to go get killed in Vietnam mm-hmm. or something else. I, so I, I, it, what it had to do with when I wrote it was really strife in America and how it could come from anywhere and anything. But because I, I, I do like women, it finally <laughs> seemed the lady in the center of it. And I made it the story more about her uh-huh. the queen of hysteria who can who can um, really lead people? Hey, you can be led one way or the other by oh, okay. a, a, some type of figure, whether it's real or not. And that's how that song developed uh, as it went through there. Well, we're going to play it right now, and yes. now I've got a whole different perspective. Yeah, because when I heard it the first time, I just kind of I listened to it, but I didn't hear it. Yeah, you know. Now yes. I'm going to listen to it so I can hear it in the song is called Queen of Hysteria.
So the, the, the song, at the start of that song, yeah. I wanted it to sound like people in the alley banging trash cans, those, those drums. That oh, no the, kidding. Yeah, that was my original thought on that. That's neat. Music of America podcast today featuring Billy Jeter from Little Rock, Arkansas. I'm your host, Tom Pollard, and we're going to be right back to talk to Billy about another couple of his songs. You know, we've all done this before. If you've ever played out, you've done this. You find the perfect tone you're looking for, and then a club owner comes up and says, hey, you know, you're, you're a little loud. Can you turn it down? And when you turn it down, you lose that tone, right? You spend all day trying to get that tone. You find that sweet spot, and it has to change. Well, introducing the Lexi from Landry Amps. It's a quality boutique amp, 100 watt with vintage Plexi circuit at its core has a rhythm crunch channel, a boosted lead channel, digital reverb, tube buffered effects loop, depth control, and an awesome voice switch. Every channel has its own gain and master control, but they share the EQ. This Landry amp has more gain than the Plexi, everywhere from a whisper to concert level volumes, and it's designed to be played at those lower volumes. You know what I mean? That heavy Marshall kind of tone that used to require tons of volume, now, you can get that with less volume, without the tonal loss. Check it out at Landry Amps. They have a YouTube channel, Landry Amps. You'll get a real sense of the tone I'm talking about here, but you really want to check out the Lexi. Landry Amps, LandryAmps.com. You play a little guitar, you said, Billy, right? Billy Jeter from Little Rock, Arkansas. Yeah, I have guitar. a lot of yeah, I have a lot of guitars, but I play a little guitar. That's what I say. I tell yeah. people I, I own guitars and I can play guitar, but I'm not a guitar player. That's yeah, <laughs> and, and everybody that ever plays with me will tell you the same thing. The guitar helps. I'll do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Donkey is doing a show in Hot Springs in November. Mm -hmm. uh, like right after Thanksgiving, I'm going to be down there for a week for a family Wonderful. reunion thing. Wonderful. And he said, well, we'll get you up here on stage. I said, ah, you know, <laughs> get me up on stage. You'll have people booing faster than you, you can swing a cat, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I doubt that. And uh, he's got the audience where he wants them anyway. So that's yeah. good. Do you, that. you play out much or do you? You know, I, you I, I pleasure out of songwriting, but you still you have to get your music out somehow. Yeah. Yeah, I have not played as much, and I'm writing again right now for my next album, so I've taken a break from doing anything. I've not played as much this year as I have in the past. Mm -hmm. I usually play um, through the Delta area, up to the, the um, Ozarks, through northwest Arkansas, and then Rocky Mountains. Yeah, you know, I always, play, always go to Colorado and play in Colorado, uh -huh. occasionally in Texas, and just in that area. But this year, my... I have um, I've cut it back a little bit for the summer, and I'm mm -hmm. writing in my in my spare time. I'm writing. Then I start back up with I think three or four things in October, November, and December mm -hmm. uh, that period of time, and then we'll figure out what I do again next year. I enjoy I enjoy festivals, playing festivals yeah. more than anything else. Um, I have a. Um, uh, my favorite place in the world to play is a little juke joint in the hometown. It's actually a cafe now. At one time, it was a juke joint in the hometown of Wabasika, Arkansas, which is the center of the universe. Um, <laughs> but it's I play there about once or twice a year on a Sunday afternoon when they close the doors and lock it. And, and <laughs> so people I, can't I, get out, right? <laughs> people can't get out. Exactly right. So they lock it twice. I like that. Um, 
but I, that's how I end my year, and I enjoy that mm-hmm. probably more than anything. But I play primarily festivals if What's I can, that? and occasionally, you know, a, a, a place in Little Rock or Northwest Arkansas mm-hmm. that's uh, just a bar type scene or something like that. Do you record in Arkansas? Do you record in Little Rock, or do you? Go I actually Texas? record. In Little Rock, there's a fantastic studio there. I'll give them a plug. It's called Fellowship Hall Sound, and it is. Uh, they have they record big name people. Mm-hmm. the The owner is Jason Weinhammer, who understands what I'm looking for more than I do, and he produces the my albums and does. He's, he has a much better musical ear than I do. Uh, he and it's it's a first class studio and. Uh, I enjoy recording there and enjoy his help doing that. Do you have set musicians you always play with, Billy, or do you have whoever he has in studio? No, that's, that's an interesting thing. I have kind of a, it's it's not that it's, it is, I have a group that I play with when I play live and it rotates uh, depending because everybody, you know, I don't, I don't play steady enough to have a band. Okay. Uh, full-time band, but I have a band, but there might be a different drummer. There might be a different bass player. It's kind of the same core through and throughout. When I record, I use part of the band I, I play with when they're available or when they fit the song, mm-hmm. or I use musicians that um, Fellowship has um, a good relationship with. We, we This year, we used recording on this album, uh, Bobby Rush, once again, from yeah. – home area he lives in jackson mississippi now we use bobby rush um jesse acock from tulsa who played in hardworking americans um these are people that 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 fellowship hall have greg spradlin who is a guitar player there plus my normal band people that uh you know give those guys a, a quick heads up i have three drummers i use um, Pat Lindsay, Lance Womack, and Dave Hoffpower. All three have played at as high a level as you can play. Uh, two bass players with Lynn Fitzgerald and Brian Wolverton and lead guitars, Jason Lee Hale, Perry Israel, and another harmonic player when uh, I can't get Bobby Rush around, I get R.L. Looney, um, R.J. Looney to help me play harmonic on that. So that's kind of a big, that's a big group, and there's more yeah. on occasions. I'm getting ahead of myself here, but I was going to ask about this question later, so we'll come back to it in a minute. But uh, on on Buddy Rowe, another yes. song we're going to hear later is that Bobby yes. Rush on the heart? Yes, it is. It is yes. okay. Okay. Yeah, and I've got some great stories on that. Well, we'll hear about those right yeah. now. We're going to talk yeah. about uh, 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 denim in the dirt. I just love that. And here's the image. Okay, I mean, you think of like Delta music, blues, country, hardworking blue collar stuff. You can't have a more visual blue collar image than denim in the dirt can you you can't but i bet you uh it's one of those songs where you kind of need to know the story because the denim represents um denim in the dirt is do you remember the film and this will really date everybody the film by robert redford called brew baker brew baker yep there was uh robert redford he never made a bad film as far as i'm concerned but I, i might be wrong but i believe that's morgan freeman's first role exactly it really is. Yeah. So it is about Cummins prison in Arkansas and my grandfather. Yeah. They give it another name, but it's about Cummins prison. It's late sixties when it was done. And there they, at that time they were decorrupting, uncorrupting the prison um, there. And that's when Brubaker was brought in. And 
they started finding dead people in the in the in the cotton fields of the mm -hmm. prison. And I, I was look I was doing some research on a blues artist named Goosey Willie, uh, who who was on the our family farm, and it took me down, down this rabbit hole of Brew Baker, Bobby Darren, long line rider, which boy, no, that's what I'm doing. And then turns out the the prison, uh, it all was about the prison, that, and my grandfather was on the prison board during that period of time. So that it was a big rabbit hole to go in. So the denim in the dirt, what it actually means is every prisoner there had a denim suit mm -hmm. and the dirt was where they were buried in and they'd go out and they would find denim in the dirt as they started as digging they, people up. So that's, wow. that's what that song is completely and totally about. Is See, again, about, again, it's the difference between hearing the song and listening to sure. it. Yeah, it is, but that's okay. You know, just if, if you can paint a picture and people can, put something in their mind that they think it is your successful songwriter. It, yeah. it doesn't have to be exactly what you're talking about. If they see that and think of something else, then you've got inside their mind and they and painted a picture there. When I, when I wrote that song and recorded it and Greg Spradlin plays guitar on this, when I wrote it, that I wanted to have a Robbie Robertson sound in that song, like huh. a, 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 a post band Robin uh -huh. See, I got petty. I got petty out of that. It's same. Yeah, it's actually the same sound. Yeah, uh, yeah. The post, a post band, early Robert Robertson and Tom Petty's right. the same. It's the same type of sound. Never put yeah. those two together, and now I can't. Yep. I can't not. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if you go back and listen to a couple of Robbie's early albums, uh, you'll you'll get that, and you'll see okay. where where you, where you okay. get about. That. So that's that's where that song comes from. And the characters in that song and, and the characters in most every song are people I knew. I either gave them a new name or I gave them kept their real name or people yeah. that and most of them are gone and dead. Uh, but they that's how that song came about like that. Do people that don't know you get the reference to Denim in the Dirt? Uh, probably not. OK, probably not. Not yet. But I. I, I, I you don't want to tell everything you know. Right. So I try to be a little bit vague in, in my songwriting. Uh, and, and once again, I try to be, let people, if they can connect to it some way and they connect to it different. I, I, once again, I think I've been a success in doing that. So I don't just come out and say, Hey, we got dead people in coming to prison right. out here on the farm because they didn't, they didn't play with the rules and we killed them. So, you know, that's, that's how we did that. Just how you shared the story here, though, I mm -hmm. just now had this vision of you yeah. doing a house concert of about yeah. 20, 30, 40 people or something. Right. Then it's intimate. Then it's different. Then you can share that. But when you're in an yes. auditorium with 10, 20, 30, you can't do you that. Can't. Thing. No, right. you just play, you just play the song and say, thank you very much. But if you're doing if if I'm doing a singer songwriter type gig, uh -huh. I absolutely tell the story on every song I sing, every yeah. single because the song that the story is what makes the song, and it's you know it's just so hard to to move it from that spot to the next to it where really, people, yeah, it it's really, really is. Tough. It's really really tough. But I, I but I enjoy. I once again it goes back. I enjoy writing songs. I enjoy people hearing them, and I enjoy talking about those songs. We're going to talk about this one coming up, and we're going to talk about Bobby Rush. But first, we want to hear this one that we were just talking about, and that's the. 
uh, Denim in the Dirt. Our guest again is Billy Jeter from Rock, Arkansas, and this song is Denim in the Dirt. into town Spends his day just hunting him down Rounds him up and draws a circle in the street Leave that circle and the devil you'll meet Out in the field of grass and grain Covers him up, he can't see no pain We all know that damn strap hurts It's the captain's rules like we sleep in the dirt The story that's told is soaked in blood Got cotton on top and cotton below Gonna dig it deep, boss Nothing will show Sunk in the soil is a tragedy from hell Boxes and the story they tell. Old Tucker telephone ringing loud and clear. Gonna clean it up, boss. No one will. Planet. 
Denim in the Dirt with Billy Jeter from Little Rock, Arkansas, and another song coming up. We kind of teased it a little bit, and we'll talk about that in just a moment, but I've got a really good message for bass players. The bag. That's it. The bag. Just remember that. The bag. It's a high-quality leather gig bag. The family of products from The Bag People. Handmade in the USA, the finest craftsmanship with beautiful, sophisticated, very cool overall appearance. Well, they're made with some of the finest quality, quality leather and cushion available, meant to literally last you a lifetime. They have over 30 years in the leather industry, and they're extremely proud to introduce the line of gig bags targeted for the skilled professional, as well as the fun-seeking novice. That would be me. Okay. Our hope is that you're going to love the bags as much as they do. The bag. It's from Tony Vaughn Base Bags. www.tonyvaughn.com. TonyVaughn My brother plays a bass. And when he first got into electric music, when the Guitar Center first came into St. Louis, it's the first time I bought an electric guitar. My first guitar I had when I was 14. My first electric guitar I had when I was almost 50. Okay. Uh, but then I had to get a bass because when people would come over, I had a drum kit there and we had two, three, four, five guitars, a couple amps and not a bass. So we got a bass and eventually my brother came over and he started playing it and he really learned how to get into the groove with that. He bought himself a bass this year. It's really cool. So sorry, I went off on a tangent there, but the bag made me think about that and made me think about him and made me think that you and I are kind of in the same boat. We have guitars, but we don't really... You've almost got a half a band, though, in your family. You're you're ready to roll. There we go. There we go. And I've got a cajon, and everybody in my family can do. Uh, yeah. You know, so. Actually, the hand bone. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> where do you go? Uh, where do you go to hear music? Who do you listen to, Billy? Who do I listen to? Yeah. I, you know that I like I like rock and roll. I like blues music. I actually like this. You know, you'll lose your audience. I actually like hip hop music also. Because I think if you get that down, I think Bob Dylan's the original hip hop ar artist. No if you get back, yeah, if you get down and look at you know look at what Masters of War or, or any of those songs, it's yeah. just it's just a, a string of uh, of thought with a with a little, with a cadence to it, and that's that's the reason I've always done it. So I, you know, that's where that's the type of music I like to listen to. Mm -hmm. I listen. I, I still have LP albums. I play the ones I like. I look for um, new stuff whenever I can find it. I have. Uh, I listen to podcasts. I listen to XM radio, yeah. and I, and I stream stuff also. And I but but I like to hear live music. I listen to. I, I went to last night to a concert and saw North Mississippi All Stars last night. Wow. And yeah, and, and you know it fits in perfectly with your buddy Rowe coming because that's kind of where the buddy Rowe song came from. Yeah. Uh, that type of music, but that's, you know, I, I, I like music, listen to music. I think music can take you places that, uh, and, and that you need to go and get you away from, um, things that you don't need to spend time dwelling on all the time. It's a great relief, but it also can be a great inspiration and, and, and get you to go different directions from there. Well, but I like so diversity. You what? I like diversity. Oh, yeah, yeah. I I have learned, and you might, if you haven't seen this, and I've mentioned this with one of the rappers I talked with in one of my interviews, there's a show on Netflix called Hip Hop Revolution. 
I don't know if you've seen that or not, but no, I, I, I was not raised in hip hop. I was yeah. raised again, you know, grew up child of the sixties. Like you, sure. I was in radio during disco. Okay. Uh-huh. Hip hop through this show. I have learned so much about that as an art form. And I'm so much more appreciative of it. Those guys are so much more talented than people give them. Give them Absolutely. Credit. Unbelievable. There, there, there's the talent level is no different from that than going to listen to dead and company right now. The biggest, the, right. you know, which has, which is a, a accumulation of great musicians. It's the, this, those guys are unbelievably talented. Uh, they're not given their due. I don't think. The talent level that comes, I used to, I won't say the disparaging things I used to say about it because I just didn't like it yeah, until yeah. I until I learned it. And and I thought about my dad and I thought about my mom and I thought about our parents of that era that right. didn't like that that noise we were playing, that Absolutely. rock and roll. That's right. And I had and, to open and my mind. back up. over and out of your eyes too, by That's the way. Right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Go get your haircut. Or what's the line from uh, Officer and a Gentleman? Something about uh, listening to rock and roll music and bad mouth in your country. You know, <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's right. <laughs> that that was us. Yeah. And uh, this is the sound of this generation. And once I got over that hurdle, then it opened up a whole new world of music for me. Which yes, it is does. Really fascinating. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And I, I, I'm glad to hear that because I'm fairly new to it also, but I really enjoy it. Strongly suggest you watch that show. On I will. Yeah. I will. You know, interesting thing how I started listening to that is, is a, I was at the Rocky Mountain Folks Festival in Lyons, Colorado. And uh-huh. uh, is it Rihanna Giddens? Or Gid- Gibbons? Oh, she's a fantastic. Gibbons? Gibbons? Yeah. Gibbons, yes. Yeah. And she had a song, and, and in the middle of that song, her nephew comes on and does a, a, a just a scree through the center of it. It was fantastic. Wow. I mean, it, she goes from singing, you know, she is an artist that is that that her career's she used to be the you know, Carolina Chocolate Drops. She was the founding member of that, and then yeah. she went up and does these huge records uh, about the original songs of, of black people coming into America and her history. But when she was doing one of those songs and this hip hop comes in the middle of it and it just opened my eyes completely on that. And I've yeah. kind of gone from there with that. I don't know how we got off on this, but Sorry, nothing wrong. <laughs> That's what happens with, with, with these kinds of podcasts are really fun. I think when it goes in a different direction and I'll close with my last story about that before we talk about buddy bro. Okay. There's uh, uh, I'm on, I'm in Vermont during yeah. the summer. I'm in Missouri in the winter, mm-hmm. and music is huge up here. Music yeah. is so huge in Vermont. It's one of the best kept secrets in music in the country. Well, I'd love to come play in Vermont. That's something I'd like to do sometime. And there's a band up here, the Grippo Funk Band, and we were out one night, and I can't remember who passed away. I don't remember if it was Lou Rawls or somebody had passed away that day. Right. And they're playing their music, and I had talked with a guy who does some of the rap. You know, an older guy, about our age, but he yeah. plays a horn, but he also will rap every once in a while. And I said, why don't you do a dedication to whomever? Right. And again, I can't remember. Right. He came out of the last song they did and just went right into it while they're vamping, and he did a whole, and I'm not talking about 10 seconds. He did like a three-and-a-half-minute dedication Rhyming like that off the top of his head. 
Yeah, like, that's, that's what's so great. That's what's so great about it. And I talked with him afterwards. I met him like in the next break, uh, and I told him, I said, I am now a fan of that genre. Mm-hmm. He goes, you just open it up and you listen, and it's out there all over the place if you just hear it. Yes, yes, it is. Okay, yes, it is. Right, I'm I'm done with my. You know, well, the big the big thing on that is there's a lot of profanity in, in that. But if you go back, you ever listen to Steppenwolf? Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah so I'm saying there's the it, it's, it's been that's right. The the profanity has been has been in in our music since the, you know we've been there. So well, just sure. over and see what it is. It is it's the the culture of America now. Right before we connected for this podcast, I was listening to this last song, Buddy Rowe. Yeah. And and I closed my eyes and I pictured Patrick Swayze and Roadhouse. And I thought this song would play at every roadhouse from the East Coast to the West Coast, from Florida to Canada. Because it's just got that energy, that vibe, that excitement. Where'd that come from? That came off the top of my head. I was driving. I I, I have a couple of pecan orchards that I raised pecans. Really? And I I've got a I, I've got an older and he's oh if you say he's older than us he's pretty damn old I got an older <laughs> gentleman that, that helps me for, and and we're once again in the Mississippi Arkansas Delta and I'd been out of town and I'm on the way down there and I'm getting ready to go to the pecan orchard and see what I need to do and I call him and I said hey Jim and he goes what's up buddy Rowe and it is just a name in the area I'm from where what are you doing Jack you know it's a yeah, it's a yeah. It's a, it's, I don't, it's not a slang name. It's just a name people call people there. Okay. And so I sit there and I thought, you know, it just came and I thought, I need to write, I want to write this as a, as a North Mississippi one chord RL Burnside song with the drive. So I started out with basically with the song Old Black Maddie in uh-huh. my and playing that song and it just kept going and going and going. And the song basically means nothing. It's just a driving song. That's got a lot. Just, I wanted to have a full, a lot of energy. It's about a guy and in the real, the whole concept It's about a guy that gets out of prison, goes and sees his girlfriend, cotton Jenny that he hadn't seen for years and goes catfishing with his buddy, buddy Rowe. And that's the whole gist of the song. And and then so we got in and started recording it. And once again, Greg Spradlin is the guitar player, a fantastic guitar player. And he had this, it it, it just kept developing. At first, it was more of a George Thurgood and a destroyer type. We just kept refining it, refining it. And we just kept going back to that North Mississippi, just blues beat that's just kind of a drone you know and it's just it just pounds you and pounds you and pounds you and so then i called my buddy uh i got a friend of mine who's always connected so i called bobby rush mm-hmm. uh and i was playing in a festival in fordyce arkansas and, and i was i was um opening for bobby and this the i think the cotton belt um cotton belt on the fordyce festival and i said hey bobby can you come play um harmonica on a couple of songs for me i'm recording he said your songs can't suck billy you got to pay me up front you got to put it in a white envelope (laughs) 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 
But other than that, man, you let me know when to be and where to be, and I'll be there, brother. So That's Bobby fair. comes in, and he plays the song. We played the song. We did another song on their unemployment tree, but we did. he did this song, and he goes, man, that's a hit, brother. That's a hit, brother. It really is. At the end. It, 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 when it was all over, he'd finished, and I was recording him doing it. He'd play a little bit, and he'd look at me and smile. And he'd play a little bit, and he goes, man, it's good. Play a little bit, look at me, smile. And we, at the end of the song, if you listen, at the end of the song, when it's over, you hear this guy go, you can hang that shit up, man. And that was <laughs> – I didn't hear what he said, but I heard him talking. That's, yeah. that's <laughs> it. And it's just, uh, it was one of the most pleasant things I've ever done in music. It was just a blast. I mean, the song had no weight to it. You know, it's, I'm mm -hmm. not trying to tell anybody or do anything. I just want, I just had that, I just had that damn North, North Mississippi Hill country, Burnside, Mississippi all-star, yeah. uh, you know, jump going and just, it was great, great fun. The harp grabs you right at the beginning and it carries yes, you through that whole song, man. And yeah. and not to take away from your music, not to take away from your song, but it's such a presence and such a powerful it's, presence in that song. And how would you not want it to be? I mean, the guy's, oh, exactly. 80, you know, Bobby's 80 something years old. He still plays all over the world every week. He's, I think he's in Italy right now. Uh -huh. And, and, I wanted that song to be about Bobby Rush playing his harmonica. Uh -huh. And I wanted it to be about Greg Spradlin playing that damn G chord from one end of that song <laughs> to the end and never stopping that one oh, chord, funny. that whole song. Imagine Curtis Lowe without the dobro. Same thing. Exactly. Same yeah. thing. That's yeah. right. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, Billy Jeter, Little Rock, Arkansas. I love this song. This song grabbed me, like I said, and this song should be played on the radio every day. Okay. And the song is called Buddy Rowe.
And we got it in there. <laughs> got to hear that little comment there at the end of the song, Buddy Row. Also want to give a shout out to some background vocals to Karen Joe Venice that helped you out on that song. Buddy Jeter, Little Rock, Arkansas. Such a live, live, live song. Got on. Uh, Buddy Rowe. So this is the shameless self-promotion segment of the show where you talk about any way you can monetize your name, your music, or what we just want to come see you or hear you. Tell me what's coming up in the next few months. Yeah. In the next few months, I think we'll start probably in, I'm, I'm, as I said, songwriting through September. Uh, I, I haven't even put it on our schedule yet. I'm going to play the Levon Helm. I can't think of the, the Levon Helm Jubilee which is every year in Marvel, Arkansas. I play that in October, I think 22nd or 28th. I'm not sure quite the dates from there. I have another festival that's not quite put together yet um, in the Delta that I'm going to do. And then I finish everything this year on three straight days. I, uh, I, I play a live at five in Pine Bluff, Arkansas, another Delta place that's got a music history at their art center. So it's their art center's place. The next day, since I am a pecan farmer, I headlined the pecan festival at the Arkansas pecan capital of Keogh, uh, Arkansas. Uh, uh, I'm headliner there, which will be a lot of fun. Then I end up at Rose's CB Market in Wabasika, Arkansas, Juke Joint, you come in, we'll lock the door till you there can't we get go. out. We're finished. That's right. And, and when then, is when is Wabasika and when is the Pecan Festival? The Pecan Festival is let me get my look at my calendar right quick so I can get my days of the week right. But it is in <laughs> December. Uh come on here. It'll be December. I play Pine Bluff December 1st. Uh, the pecan festival and we're, we're pecan in this part of the country, but if you buy them, we don't care if you call them pecan or not. What if you call uh, them pecan? Yeah, we'll call We'll, we'll take your money. December 2nd in Keogh, Arkansas and December 3rd is a semi private, uh, in Wabasika on a Sunday afternoon. Okay. At Roses. Like I, I tell and, you, we're going to be down in hot springs for a week. And, yeah. And, uh, uh, the funky donkey going to be down there. Yes. And I don't know how far or close you are from Hot Springs any of those days, but I'd love to. Yeah, I'll come up. over. Yeah, let over. me know. You come over. I'm go. not far from there. I'm, I'm sure. You know, I'm an hour drive. In, in rural Arkansas, that's nothing. That's right. Billy that's Jeter, it. thank you, sir. I, you I feel like I've spent a, a, an hour with a legend. Well, you're no legend, but, you know, I've enjoyed it a lot. Thank you so it's very, been great. very much. It's been great. Billy Jeter, Little Rock, Arkansas. And that wraps up our week in Arkansas. Join us on Monday. We're going to go out to California. You've been listening to the Music of America podcast. If you like today's show, please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com or our Music of America podcast Facebook page. Like us and follow the show and episodes. We tally the votes of all our shows and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season. I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the Music of America.